I love the energy in the room. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> there we go. Wonderful. Oh, dear. Are you well? Yeah, Steph and I and the kids were away last Sunday, and we missed you all, so it's, it was nice being back. Um, but uh, Rich did a fantastic job on the team, ending off our Christmas series, Arrival, uh, looking at uh, the title of the talk was A New World. And, uh, you know, if you miss that, you can catch up on our website or indeed our smartphone app. Um, and, uh, yeah, please do so. But here we are, can you believe it, in 2020? Sounds a bit sci-fi-like. It's like, I remember as a boy in my exercise book at school writing, you know, 1981 or two, no, actually, I was only a few years old, 1986 or something, thinking 2020 was way in the future, and yet here we are, all looking so young and looking healthy. Yeah, there was a clap there from someone as well. Thank you. Yeah, so did try. No, it's not me, you, you know. <laughs> but here we are in 2020, and I hope you had a good New Year's Eve. Yeah, did you get a New Year's Eve? Yeah, Steph and I kind of accidentally celebrated New Year's Eve. How does one do that? Well, we kind of went, we decided, you know what, we'll watch a movie with the kids, and we'll just go to bed at a reasonable hour, uh, which sounded like a good idea, because I've done many New Year's Eves, and uh, so we went to bed, and one of our little kiddies was up and down, she wasn't feeling so great, and so, before we knew it, midnight had arrived. Oh, it's a new year. Oh, well, happy new year, darling. Happy new year to you too. And then I took a picture. Who wants to see the photo that I took at midnight? Anybody? You're like, what on earth is this going to be about? It's a screen grab. Let's see on the screen. There it is. Ah, do you like that? All the way from Google. So after I gave my beautiful wife Stephanie a kiss, I then typed out time in Google because I wanted to see it. Because I love it. Look, 0000, zero, zero, zero. 1 January 0 2020. I love that. It's like you hit reset on your timer, isn't it? And I think that's what New Year's feels like, doesn't it? You get an opportunity to hit reset. You get to do it all over again, and it's like, phew. We got through 2019. Good bits, bad bits, but you know what? This, this is going to be the year, isn't it? I'm going to do those things that I couldn't get around to in 2019. Hope comes springing up, doesn't it? You know, those victories that I didn't quite achieve last year, this is the year for it. And I love New Year's resolutions. There is something in us, I think, that is wired, isn't it, for, for new beginnings. It's like uh, seasons. <clears throat> I love it when the, core, the, the, the warmth of spring follows the cold of winter. Ah, oh, thank goodness for that. Or, or the cool of autumn follows the heat of summer. God, dear, what a summer. That, you know what, us Brits, we're hilarious, aren't we? We complain when it's not hot, and we complain when it's hot. Well, maybe it's just me. But, you know, we're wired for seasons. We love a new week, don't we? Monday comes along, or Sunday, oh, thank goodness we've got a new week. We love it when the sun rises on a new day. Phew, thank goodness this is a new day. You see, we are wired. We are wired that way. You know, it says um, in Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, a great little book, it says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And I think we need to be aware of the rhythms that we have in our life. Maybe this year you're saying to yourself, you know, I just need to do a better job of balancing all these things in my life. I need time to rest. I need time with my friends. I need, time. I need to get into a rhythm that's healthy and works for me. You said that, maybe that's just me. But we do live, we are wired that way. And God perfectly modeled this way back in Genesis. I love Genesis. 
So what do we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2? God has spent six days and he created the heavens and the earth. And then what does he do? He rests. He takes time out. Now, the Hebrew word is, is the actual verb is shavath, which actually means to rest. It's where we get the Sabbath, the word Sabbath from. But actually, the word is more than that. You see, here's the thing. God didn't get to the seventh day like this. <gasps> I'm exhausted. That was hard work. Anybody see what I just did in six days? I am exhausted. I need to lie down. No, 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 no. God didn't get tired. You see, while that word means to cease work, it also has a connotation of celebration. Did you know that? You see, what God chose to do was say, you know what, I'm going to pause and I'm going to look back and say, wow, look what I created. And then God said, you know what? I'm going to name this a holy day. I want you guys to do it too. I want you to get into this rhythm where you pause and you stop and you look back and you celebrate. And this is not a talk on the, on the Sabbath, by the way, but I think we have lost something of that. Our Sunday becomes like every other day. And we wonder why we're exhausted and stressed. But God's like, guys, it's way back in Genesis. I'm asking you to take some time out. It's good for you. You've been made in that way. You've been made in that way. But you know, we're not very good at it. Not only did God put that rhythm in place, you know, as the Israelites were, were, were traveling through to the promised land, he would often say, listen, stop. Just stop and create an altar in my name for what I've just done. Pause. What about when they're about to get to the promised land? Instead of just rushing headlong in there, he said, whoa, whoa, Moses, I want you to stop and I want you to recount all of the amazing things that I've done for you. What about the Jewish festivals, the Passover? Wait, stop and celebrate how I saved you from the Egyptians. Why? Because we're not very good at it. God is having to put things in place for us. And you see, thankfulness is where I want us to bring, bring us to. Is that we need to stop and pause and thank God. Because we're not very good at it. I'm sure you're better than I am. But I'm not very good. I have to pause and stop. And you see, that's what today is about. You see, it would have been easy for me to kick off a brand new year. And we'll do this next week and say, this is what I feel God's saying for us as a people. And that will come. But actually, I felt the Lord saying, just pause and wait. I want to introduce a new rhythm of thankfulness as a people. That's what God's saying. And that's why we have our Thanksgiving Sunday. And I think we're going to do this again midway through the year. You know, last year we introduced a rhythm of, of Testimony Sundays where we stopped every few weeks and said, let's just hear what God's been doing. Why? Because it builds family. We hear what God's doing amongst us. It builds faith. It brings glory to him and worship him because that's what it's all about. But I think in this modern day we have lost the ability to be thankful. We have lost what it means to introduce that into a rhythm of life. And so what I want us to do collectively and individually is thank God for all he's done. Because here's what we're going to see. In order for you to take hold of what God has for you in 2020, and indeed this decade, you are going to need to be thankful. Because you won't be able to walk in all that he has for you unless you can be thankful for what he's done for you now. I believe that some of your greatest breakthroughs are going to come as you start thanking God in all circumstances. This is going to be an amazing year and an amazing decade. And I really feel impressed upon my heart that God is saying, are you going to be a people of thankfulness? Because it's in that place that I'm going to do amazing things through you.
And so the title of this talk is called this, The Power of Thanksgiving. The Power of Thanksgiving. And in order for me to, it's a bit of a teach this one, I want to use one verse which we're going to unpack and we're going to look at the five benefits of Thanksgiving because I want to set you up for success for this year. As your pastor, I want to set you up for success for all that God has for you. And so we're going to turn together to 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Thessaloniki, or Thessalonica, however you want to pronounce it. And uh, we read in chapter 5, verses 18, it's only a small letter, there are two of them, and it'll be on the screen as well. So it's chapter 5, verse 18, this is it, Paul says this, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Simple, hey? So how important is this thing called thanksgiving? Well, there's two clues here. Number one, it's written in final instructions section. You know the final instructions? I had that when I left for uni. My parents gave me my final instructions. Listen, if you're going to remember anything, just remember this. I've said a lot, but just remember this. There's a reason why he puts at the end, and by the way, verse 16 and 17, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. We would do well to heed Paul's advice that we would be a people that rejoice, a people that praise continually and is thankful. But I think what's very important and what's interesting about this is that it says in all circumstances. You see, I don't know about you, but my tendency is to thank God when I feel like everything's okay. It's easy to thank someone when they give you a cup of tea, isn't it? Thank you. Is it easy to thank them for who they are and what they do when you're having an argument? Is it easy to thank when life is rubbish? No, it's not. And yet Paul is saying, thank God in all circumstances, not just when things are good, but when things are bad. Not only when you feel like you've got it all sorted, but in fact, when you feel like you're out of control. You see, thankfulness should be a way of life for us. Thankfulness is not dependent on how we feel. It's dependent on who God is, and he never changes. I love the way we had over, what, 17, 18 people say, thank you, God, for. And there was such amazing stuff. You can say all that stuff, whether you're feeling good or bad. Why? Because he saved you. Whether you feel good or bad. Why? Because his love endures forever, whether you feel good or bad. That his grace is always there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yet, do we stop and pause and say, thank you? Ephesians 5.20, Paul says this to the church in Ephesus. Give thanks always and for everything to who? God the Father. It's all about him. It's all about him in the name, in other words, through the name of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, by dying on the cross, makes it possible for us to have a relationship with the Father in heaven. Man, you can just spend an hour on that. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. And so what I want us to do is, as I said, I want to equip us all to have a year of thankfulness. And not just a year. This is not just a, oh, and uh, you know, I'm going to sign up to the gym. By the way, that's a good thing to do. I'm not saying it. But it's not something that you do and then February you go, oh, yeah, I cancelled that membership. I only do that, obviously. This should be something we always do, okay? Right, five reasons to be thankful. Are we ready for this? Oh, yes. Number one. By the way, before I go to number one, Can I just say something about God's laws, FYI, just as a side note, in parentheses. (laughs) Uh, God's laws are not there to give you a bad life. Can I just say this? We often think God's laws are there to restrict us. That is a lie of the enemy. 
You see, God's laws are there in order for us to have an amazing life and to walk in all the fullness that he has for us. I'm not saying that life is going to be rosy all the time. That's not what it's about. But if we want to be positioned for all God has for us, then we need to walk in his laws. It's like when you buy a car and it says put diesel in, you don't go, oh, I'll put petrol in, actually. And you wonder why it's, you're stumbling along. God's laws are there because we want to listen to the manufacturer's recommended, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. If we believe that we, he is the creator and we're the created, then we better listen up. And you see, what we find in thankfulness is that there are many benefits. And I've just listed five here. Here's the first one. Are you ready? It brings health. Did you know that? It brings health. So, gratitude improves physical health. Did you know this? Now, according to a 2012 study published in uh, <clears throat> Personality and Individual Differences magazine, <laughs> one of my more favorite publications, <laughs> grateful people experience fewer aches and pains, really, and report feeling healthier than other people. It's true, they did so many studies. I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. It's like I hit 40 a while ago, and it's like I have aches and pains. So, hey, you know what? I'm going to be thankful. I'm not saying it's going to solve all of our ailments, but like I said, I, I need all the help I can get. Number two, gratitude improves <laughs> psychological benefits. Did you know this? You know what? I love it when science catches up with the Bible. Because if they only read Isaiah 61, they wouldn't have had to spend tens of thousands of pounds on this particular study. Because it says a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Go figure. So what did this report show? Robert Emmons, a professor, it's a great professor name that, a leading gratitude researcher. I'd love to apply for that job. <laughs> Don't, I'm not going anywhere, I'm loving it here, thank you if you have me. But um, gratitude research, I'll do that next. Conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. His research confirms that gratitude effectively increased happiness. Now I'm not, again, minimizing depression and saying, you know, it's a complex thing, depression. But I need all the help I can get. You know, I've been practicing this thankfulness thing, as you'd, as you'd hope to hear from me, and, and I've been lying in bed at night, and the last thing I do at night is I lie in bed and I'm, I go through a list of things I'm thankful for. And I'll tell you something, I just feel this peace. It puts things in context. It takes my eyes off myself and my issues and, and the, the limitations that I feel I have, and it puts my eyes on God, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is for me and not against me. And therefore... Part three of this is gratitude helps people sleep better. They did a study on this, 2011. Can you imagine this, right, everybody? Be great, grateful, and go to sleep. But they did this study, and they put in place a 15-minute thankfulness journal before people went to sleep. And they found those that did that, it's an amazing study, actually slept better. So if you want to sleep better, do what I do, do what these guys do, and be thankful the last thing you do before you go to bed. Give it a go. And lastly, gratitude improves self-esteem. What a great tonic. You know, Teddy Roosevelt, well, I don't know him personally, but uh, one of the ex-American presidents, he said this, comparison is the thief of joy. Ooh, it's true, stay in your lane, people. Comparison is the thief of joy. You see, studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. Rather than becoming resentful toward people who have seemingly more money and better jobs, which is a major factor in reduced self-esteem, Grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. A word of advice, be careful on social media. It's a great tool, but it's a tool. Don't live your life through it. And I, because so many people get depressed by looking at, wow, 
Look at the way they celebrated New Year. I was lying in bed. Look at that party they had on that yacht. Wow, how come they never invite? You've got to be careful, people. Let's not compare ourselves to the lens of social media because it's distorted. Let's just be wise. And so there you go. Number, number one, it brings health. So if you want to be a health, who said I want, to have a health, I want to be more healthy this year? That's me. Well, let me give you some tips. Thankfulness. It's cheaper than the gym. <laughs> and you can do it wherever you are. Number two, are you ready? It positions us for his grace. You know, when we kicked off last year, we looked at how we position ourselves for him. Because just as a surfer needs to position himself for a wave, so we need to position ourselves for a move of his spirit. And it's been an amazing year, and I'll look at that in a moment. And by the way, you can catch up on that. We've had many more new people since last January. So get online. You can, you can, uh, I'd encourage you to uh, watch or listen to that series. And the first week we kicked off, it was this first position, which is humility. You see, humility isn't, oh, I'm such a bad, lowly person. I'm so humble. That's actually false pride. You see, humility is agreeing with what God says about you. And God might say, I want you to walk that high road. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly. I'm a humble person, God. That's pride, because you're saying, I know better than you, God. Humility says your truth and your way is better than my truth, with a small t in my way. Humility says this, I'm secure enough in who I am in Jesus that I can be lowly enough to serve like Jesus did. Humility says, I'm secure enough in, in Jesus, and who I am in Jesus, I can be lowly enough to serve like Jesus did. Colossians 3.12, Paul says this, we are to clothe ourselves in humility. In other words, it, it requires us to do some work on this. Without humility, we can never be positioned for him. Why? Because God opposes the proud, but gives to the James 4, 6. Now, what is grace? Grace is his empowerment for us to walk in all that we have that he has for us. You know, when Paul complained to God about the, the thorn in his flesh, God says, listen, you know, my strength is sufficient in your week. My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, even though you feel like you have these limitations, my grace will enable you to do that which I've called you to do. That's what grace is. And so if you want to walk in all that God has for you this year... Be thankful. Why? Because thankfulness is an antidote to pride. Thankfulness will break pride. Because where pride says, wow, look what I achieved. I am pretty clever. Ooh, look what my hands have put together. Thankfulness says, Lord, thank you for what you've done through me. Where pride says, I am an impressive character. Look at how everyone loves me so much. Thankfulness says, Lord, thank you for using me to bless these people. And what happens, God says, you know what? I'm going to pour out my grace upon you because I've got more for you. And so if you want to walk in the more that God has for you, be thankful. Be thankful. Number three, we enjoy the blessings he gives us. This is an interesting one. You see, we shouldn't wait to thank God when we feel like we've got enough to warrant it. I lived my life before where it's like, well, that was good, Lord, but what about the other thing? And then I get it, I'm like, thank you, finally, whoa, took you some time. Paul says, in all things, there's a quote here that says, when God gives us less than we desire, it is not because he is teaching us poverty, he may be using our difficult circumstances to teach us thankfulness. You know, it says in Romans 8, 28, that he uses all things together for good for those that love him and accord according to his purpose. Did you know that? 
And then verse 29 says, to conform us to the likeness of his son. And sometimes difficult circumstances, we might feel like we don't have a lot. But God will use that to shape us and mould us into Christ. And so I want to encourage you, you might not feel like you have a lot, but just be thankful for what you have. Say thank you. Why? Because we live in a world where we want to amass more and more and more. And as we amass more and more, it's as if we enjoy things less, less and less. Have you noticed that? And I've been practicing. I've been looking at things that God's done and given me and said, wow, you know what? Thank you for that, Lord. I don't need, I don't need the new, shinier model. This has been perfect. Thank you. And maybe some of you need to get things out and dust them off and say, you know, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you. You know what? If you want to enjoy your wife more, thank God for her. It's true. Stop complaining and writing a list of things that's wrong with her. If you want to enjoy your husband more, stop complaining about him and thank God for him. Can he say this thing? Yeah, I pretty, pretty much can. <laughs> if you want to enjoy your children more, thank God for them. None of us are perfect. I've done those things. Well, maybe two of those three things. <laughs> and it works. Take the time to thank God for what he's given you. Don't wait until you feel like you have enough because you'll never get there. If a, this is a quote from a guy called Frank A. Clark, an American lawyer. He said, if a fellow isn't thankful for what he's got, he isn't likely to be thankful for what he's going to get. It's true, isn't it? And here's the other dynamic at play. You see, when we are thankful with a little, God can entrust us with much. You know, Luke 16, 10, when we're faithful in the small things, he'll give us more. And part of being faithful and a good steward is to recognize it comes from him and say thank you. Some of you, let me, with, with, with all the love in the world, let me say stop complaining and grumbling and say thank you for what you have. Because God's about to pour out more, but he's waiting to see whether you can be thankful for the small things and not take it for granted and take him for granted. I've experienced this in my life. I'm not telling you something that I haven't gone through myself. God has had to rebuke me in the past because I haven't been thankful. I've taken him for granted. And in so doing, I haven't been able to walk in the more that God has for me. Number four, ready for four? We win battles through thanksgiving. Oh yes, the enemy flees. The enemy flees. The enemy hates Praise. The enemy absolutely hates praise. You know, it says in Psalm 100, 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You see, thanksgiving and praise, is, praise are kind of interlocked. Thanksgiving is when you thank God for, for, for the things he's blessed you with, the, the, who he, who he, what he's done for you. And praise is about adoring him for who he is. And so when you start with thanksgiving, you can't help but start praising him. And the enemy hates praise. There's a wonderful story in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles. You can look at it during the week, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And we, we, we meet a guy called King Jehoshaphat. Well, he's a guy, he's a king. King Jehoshaphat. And all of a sudden he finds that there's, there, 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 there's a vast army around them from Moab and Ammon, and, and it looks like they're going to be slaughtered. And so he decides to inquire of the Lord. That's a pretty good thing to do, isn't it? Seek God. And what God said, he said this in verse 15, do not be afraid, for the battle is, is not yours, but mine. You will not have to fight this battle. Wow, what a word. So what does King Jehoshaphat do? 
So as you say, guys, God's got this, let's head down to the pool. Tequila's on me. Does he kick back? No. They start praising God. And the, day, the, the next day comes, and do you know what he does? He says, listen, guys, instead of us getting the mightiest warriors at the front, this is what we're going to do. I want all the singers to come to the front and start praising God, and let's go marching. And do you know what they sang? Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. We can take a lot from that. If you're in a battle, start praising And as they sang, what happened? The Lord sent ambushes and they killed each other and they didn't have to lift a finger. (coughs) King Jehoshaphat didn't wait until the victory had come before he praised God. He praised God for the victory. And for some of you this morning, let me say this, bless you. I know some of you are going through huge battles. And I want to encourage you, don't wait until the end, until the victory comes. Start praising God now for the victory to come. Because the enemy will flee. Some of us feel oppression. We feel a heaviness. We feel a burden. And in that moment, a garment of praise for spirit of heaviness. The enemy flees. You might have some great battles ahead of you this year. Can I encourage you to praise God and to thank him for the victories that are to come? And that brings me to our final one. Number five, it builds faith for the future. You know, as we think about the year ahead, let me just say, God is going to require us individually and collectively to do things that are are going to be seemingly amazing and things that we cannot possibly do on our own. You know, I said it near the end of last year. I said, you know, God's moving in us and he's going to, this place is going to look different, smell different, sound different. Not just for change's sake, but because one thing that never changes in this place is that we always change. Why? Because we always say, "What's what's the Father doing? How do we continue to make Christ known? And next week, we're going to kick off a new series which is going to lay lay a foundation for the year, but it's also going to be a platform to talk about what what do the next 10 years look like at this place? What's God saying and speaking to us? And it's going to require faith because if we look at it with eyes, our natural eyes, we go, well, that's just not possible, is it? But you see, the reason God said to Moses, I want you to pause and wait before you go into the promised land and thank me, is because it builds faith for the future. Because you say, well, hold on a minute. If God's already done that, he can do it again. And some of you, God's going to require you in your world. Maybe it's stepping up to a new job. Maybe it's a new relationship. It could be whatever it might be. God is saying, listen, before you head, go headlong into that, I want you to start thanking me for all I've done before. Because that's going to give you the faith that you need. And I believe that as I'm speaking this, things are coming maybe to some of your minds now. Yeah, I need faith for that. Start thanking God for what he's already done. Okay, so that's our list. It's on the screen. Make a note. Take a picture. Five reasons to be thankful. It brings health. It's good for us. It positions us for his grace because it breaks pride. We enjoy the blessings he gives us. We can say thank you and take the time. We win battles through thanksgiving. You want, a, you want a year of breakthrough. Thank God for them. And it builds faith for the future. So how do we move forward this year? We, we move forward by being a thankful people. Let me give you some tips. Because I want this not just to be a talk that you hear and you forget about it. But how can we practically do this? Maybe every night, as I said, you lie in bed and just take the moment to thank God. It can be two minutes. 
Why don't you go through the alphabet and take each letter and say, what can I be thankful for? A, B, C, D. I sometimes picture in my mind's eye my family and my friends and I go around and I thank God for those things. I've made a a decision that, you know what, at the start of each week I'm going to take time to thank God. At the end of the week I'll thank God. So my challenge for each one of you is how can you build this into your rhythm of your life? You know, uh, Steph didn't know that I was preaching on this, but about a week ago she said, you know what, darling, I sat down with the kids and we wrote down a list of all the things we're thankful for in 2019. And then we did a list of all the things we want to pray for for 2020. And I think that's the way to do it. Instead of us just re- running head into 2020 with our asks, let's take the time to say thank you for what you've done because it will give you faith for 2020. It will inform what you need in 2020. So I'd encourage you guys to do that. You know, as uh, Gavin said earlier, as I, as I wrap up, he said, you know, uh, he said it was my one-year anniversary. This time last year, had the commission in service. And uh, people have asked me, how's your first year been? And I've got to say, the answer has always been just gratitude, <laughs> thankfulness to God. Thankful for all of you people. Thank you, bless you for your prayers and support for Steph and I and the family. Thank you to the staff team. Thank you to the volunteers. Thank you for, to, to God for what he's been doing in us and through us. You know, we've had amazing healings in this place. I'd like to invite the band up. I love the story of, of Carla, who was healed from fibromyalgia, a, a disease that affects the whole body. Just healed like that and suicidal thoughts. I love the story of Kimberly, who was healed from social anxiety. She felt God just prompt her in the back. She came up to give testimony, and it completely went. I love the story of, uh, of Linda. We got up, we, do you remember our guinea pig in the, midway through the year, and I had a word of knowledge that says, someone's got a prey on the left side. And she goes, that's me. We got her up, and God healed her right there and then in front of our eyes. We've got that videoed if you want to watch it. And then I said, I believe God's going to heal the other side of you during the week. I get an email at the end of the week saying, God's just healed my other side. What about that word knowledge that said, you know, um, someone's little finger? And someone came up and Trevor prayed for them and he laid their hands and the, the finger clipped back into place. We've had amazing things. We gave testimony of someone's knee who was healed and someone in the back said, well, hold on, Lord, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. And Anil was healed like that. This is amazing stuff. We had 23 people being baptized over Easter and December in response to God. Countless salvations, people coming to know Jesus. As a people, we're growing. Did you know that in one year, we have 185 new adults in this place? And it's accelerating. You know, our morning services are up about 15, 20%. Our youth, where we were averaging about 50 a week, is now up to almost 90. Why? Because healthy things grow. God is moving in this place. Countless stories. God has brought amazing people here. Thank you for our new youth pastor and our trustees and new staff. And over 50 new volunteers this year that have said, I want to serve. You know, the care centre over Christmas, 305 children received a, a main present this year. Did you know that? Through what we were doing at the care centre. 100 advent calendars were given out, 210 goodie bags given out to 125 people on Christmas Day. And so I am so thankful to God for all that he's doing in us and through us. But it's just the start. It's just the start. Because as we position ourselves for him in thankfulness, he will move. But as I was writing these stories out, I realized these are not just, these are not just my stories. In fact, they're your stories. And so what we've got outside, you might have seen it, is uh, these, these squares. Have you seen those? Some people already started their thanksgiving. We want you to write your thankfulness on this. Thank you, Lord, for. And then what we're going to make sure you see a number there, make sure you do it the same way as a number. And then during the week, we're going to put them up on the wall and it's going to reveal one image. 
How cool is that? And when you come here on Sunday, you can see all the thankfulness on the wall. And that image is going to kick off the next series and kick off this year for us. So why don't we all stand together? As a band play, I just want to pray. I feel like this is going to be your greatest year to the degree that you are thankful to God. I really feel that. This is a new decade. It's like as we, at the very start of this talk, that image of hit and reset. God's got new things for you. God knows the difficulties and the battles you have ahead as well. But let us always be a people that are thankful, that we build it into the rhythm of our lives. Let me pray. Lord, I want to thank you for who you are that you have set our eyes on a rhythm that you want us as a people to walk in this year. And not just this year, but a, a lifestyle for the rest of our years, Lord Jesus. I ask your forgiveness, Lord. I repent, Lord, for not being thankful. Lord, you have opened my eyes as I put this talk together of how I lack thankfulness in my world, and I'm sorry. Lord, help me to be a thankful man. Help me to be a person that is thankful in all circumstances. And I pray that for each one of us, Lord, as we respond now, that you'll pour out a spirit of thankfulness upon your people. Come, Holy Spirit. If you want to receive that now, just hold your hands out as if you're receiving a gift. Maybe in the air or in front of you, whatever comfortable. If you're saying, yeah, you know what, Lord, this is a year of thankfulness. Let's just do that as a people. Come, Holy Spirit. Would we be a people that are, are thankful in all things, Lord, bringing you glory through the name of Jesus, our Saviour that we would walk in all the health that you have for us, that, Lord, we would be positioned for your grace, that we would enjoy what we have, Lord, enjoy the small things, not run ahead for the large, that, Lord, we would win those battles that are in front of us through thanksgiving, and that, Lord, you would build our faith for that which you are calling us to do. And I pray this all in the precious name of our Lord and Saviour. And everyone said, Amen. Let us worship together. Thank you, Lord.